Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your house. We thank you for your church. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, we thank you that everything that we do and is, is because of you, and all that we have and all that we are is because of who you are to us. I thank you that you help me to bring forth words with precision and clarity to minister life to those who watch and listen today, your will, your plan, your purpose for our lives, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about revival for the past month or so, what it looks like, how it affects us, first in us and through us and around us. And many people have been talking about this. Uh, Pastor Josel has been preaching some amazing messages on this. Uh, Pastor Mylene, Sister Shadi uh, preached a great message last week on how repentance opens the door and keeps our hearts tender for the moving and the working of God. Uh, Pastor Edwin, Pastor Moan, Pastor Millet, uh, Heidi, uh, Pastor Heidi, uh, Pastor Stephen, and myself, we've all been talking about revival. And so I want to try and get, get all of this out today because I feel what I have to share with you today is very, very important. And it's also setting us up for uh, what's coming next week. And uh, I, I'll, be, I'll be right here in front of you uh, next week. Revival is an awakening, it's an enlightening, it's a refreshing, it's a strengthening, it's an empowering, it's an anointing, it's an outpouring that comes upon us and affects us and causes us to be effective in how he leads us, and it helps to bring forth heaven's ability and his will and his touch into the earth. The results of revival of what we have been preaching and everybody has been talking about it brings increase, it brings multiplication, it brings expansion, broadening, deepening, advancing, and an increase and building of momentum in the direction and the intensity of what God is wanting to do in His church and with His people. And it comes because of prayer. It comes because of hunger, a heart cry of God's people for more, for a tangible manifestation of God's goodness to be seen in a nation. It's when we cry out for the glory of God. And when you and I cry out for the glory of God, we are basically crying out for the manifestation of the goodness of God. David said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. People give up and quit they, uh, when they don't believe. They've lost their hope. And you and I, and what we cry out for, what we pray for, what we stand for, what we believe in, is that no matter what's going on around us, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land where we live. In each and every one of our situations, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, or politically, the outpouring of the glory of God when we pray and cry out for revival is for God's manifested goodness. That is a divine intervention in what would seem to be the natural course of events. When it looks like things are going to go this way, uh, all the 
the, the media or the natural or, or the circumstances all seem to be going one direction. And then God comes in and intervenes where heaven intervenes with a natural course of physical things on planet earth. This is what we pray for. A majority of revivals around the world and throughout church history can be traced to where people begin to cry out, where they begin to pray. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1 says, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain, and the Lord will make flashing clouds, and he will give them showers of rain in the field for everyone. When we understand latter rain, the first rain that comes in is in the planting in the, in the beginning of the field. The latter rain is the one that comes upon the crops, that takes it all the way through, that causes an abundant harvest. And this is what we want. We want the precious fruit of the earth, which is the harvest of men and women's lives. Joel chapter 2, beginning in verse 23 through 29 and 32, says, Be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the threshing floors will be full of wheat, and the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, the great army that's been sent among you. You will eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am the Lord in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. And again he says, my people shall never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. I, I still see visions. I'm not into the dreams yet, and if I get one at night, I just call it a night vision. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem there shall be deliverance as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. You know, when the Spirit of God was poured out in Acts chapter 2, and Peter stood up and says, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is where Peter was pulling from. He was looking to where Joel had prophesied about an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And you'll notice it talks about the latter rain. You and I can continue to pray for the rain to come in our generation, for the continued outpouring of God's Spirit in our land and upon our nation to bring to pass the purpose of God and God's intention for His people, that they would not be put to shame, that whatever's been lost, whatever's been stolen, whatever's been broken, whatever's been wounded would be healed and restored and that there would be no lack. James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Wait patiently for it until it receives the early 
and latter rain. Listen, he's not talking about papayas or mangoes or bananas or guavas. He's talking about people. He's talking about the latter rain you and I pray for, we cry out for. So the precious fruit of the earth is not the vegetables and fruits what we, that we eat. It is the harvest of the hearts of men and women, the souls of men and women that the Father wants to see come into his family. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Listen, this happens in nations and it leaves them changed forever. It also comes as a sovereign move of God into nations. I've been here long enough to watch incredible things happen in the Philippines. I guess when, you're, when you stay somewhere long enough, you see God do some incredible things. I watched the charismatic renewal and movement that came into the Philippines into the, into the late 70s and very strongly in the 80s, transforming and challenging even the Catholic Church, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people being filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues and awareness of the gifts of the Spirit, healings and miracles. <coughs> then in the early 80s, churches being birthed across this city and around the nation that today are some of the, or if not the largest churches that exist in the nation today. You see the birthing of JIL, Jesus is Lord, of GCF, of CCF, of victory or every nation. These churches that have grown to thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of believers, born again, spirit-filled believers. And all of these churches having churches around the nation. And then later on, 91, new life. Thank God for new life. And then you have Father Archie, and you have the feast, and you have so many things that God birthed in this nation, truly watching a move of God. We have COP, which was birthed in 1954, but it was birthed with a tremendous move of God's miraculous power. A young woman named Clarita Villanueva was in, in a jail in Manila, and demonic things were happening. She was being bitten by devils, and nobody knew what to do. God moved upon a, a, a missionary who was here. His name was Dr. Lester Summerall. And he went into that prison, into that jail cell, and he cast the devil out of that young lady, and she became free, totally free, in her right mind, and she gave her life to Jesus. That became news across the city, and where all doors were closed to uh, Lester Summerall at that time. Now, with this news spreading across the city, the mayor, governors, everybody opened the doors, and he had a meeting at the Lynetta Grandstand for weeks and weeks and weeks, and thousands and thousands and thousands of people got saved, and the power of God was in great demonstration. It was a move of God that broke something back in 54, and then we saw in the 80s, I say we need another move of God because we don't want to look back just at what God did then. I thank God for everything that he's done in the past, but I'm ready to see more of what God wants to do in our future. I have watched history in the last 40 years in this nation, in cities and churches, and now major churches all around this nation, in cities and towns that continue to grow and increase. I've watched bring, God bring great change into the nation. I've seen entire regions in mountain areas up north filled uh, under the influence of witch doctors and, and uh, witchcraft. 
And now hundreds and hundreds of churches now fill these mountain regions where the Spirit of God was poured out. I thank God for all that He's done, but now in this generation, what do we see? What do we need to see God do now in our generation? We don't want to just have monuments to past accomplishments that stop you and I from dreaming of a glorious future. We don't need just great memories of past courage and faith and prayer and pioneering because we need great faith and prayer and pioneering to take us into the future of what God wants to do. I want to be grateful and appreciate all that God has done, but I never want to become complacent and lose expectation of what He still has yet to do. I want to use the life of those who were before me as an example, and if God did it for them, He'll do it for me. And I want the generation behind me to look at my life and my generation and said, if God can do it for that generation, if he can do it for Pastor Paul's generation, then he will do that and even more in the generation that we now lead. In every generation, there is a plan and a purpose of what God is wanting to do. And that means there must always be a people who see and hear and know. And they make themselves available, and they are willing, and they are obedient. God's plans involve working together with people. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed? As the Lord gave to each one, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increased. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters, they're one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. And according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Everything that we build is built upon the revelation and the foundation of who Jesus is. Thank God for the part that you and I play as we work together with him. But the strength of all that we have and all that we do and the reason for all we do always goes back to Jesus. So we communicate a doctrine that is living, present, powerful truth that never ages. His Word is both timely and timeless. It is true and relevant in every generation and unchanging. And I believe that what is ahead of us is always greater than is what's been behind us. So what does God want to do today? How does He want to use you today. All of these churches that now exist, what does He want to do through them today to touch this nation? Because every time God births churches, a network of churches, a movement of churches, He always has a plan of what He wants to accomplish, and His plan always involves His people. The value and importance of the church our need of a true faith in Jesus, trusting in the working and the power of the Holy Spirit, not just attending a church service, something living and powerful 
that is greater than a virus or a fear that is trying to sweep the nation, greater than any economic challenge that would try to steal and rob you of your future, greater than any political challenge that would come to the nations, greater than the uncertainty of the future or the questions or the concerns that are trying to weigh heavy upon people. There's a church, and this church has a voice. It's a community of believers. It's not just something that we attend once in a while. It's something that we are connected to. It's something we are committed to. It's a body that we belong to, and we have a purpose and a place in that body. Every generation touched by God to be, to have, and to do all that He has for them. And what flows out of this beautiful house, this beautiful church called New Life, this beautiful, wonderful congregation, this community of believers, the praise that comes out of this house and not only uh, comes from heaven into your life and into your home to touch your future, but what it does in our community, the, the change that it really brings in the nation, the prayer that comes out of this house. We're, calling forth the will of God to come into our generation to save, to heal, to restore, to, to cause the schemes and the plans of the, enemy, of the enemy to back off and for the will of God to be carried out. Pray the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. The teaching and the building of faith into the hearts of men and women, the giving and the generosity used for His purpose that the church has a voice in the community and around the nation. The imparting and the equipping of true faith of a people who desire to serve God, not just attend a service, but to make their life count in serving their resurrected Lord and Savior. In every generation, in our children, in our youth, in our young adults, with our college and university students, with our young couples and young families, with our businessmen, with our, our, our business people and our entrepreneurs and our families. And every single generation, there is a word, there is a freshness, there is a touch, and there is a purpose. There is a strengthening that God wants to bring in every single life. And with every generation and per person grasping and laying hold of their value, in this house, in his church, and in his body. Ephesians 4.11, and, and he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And I thank God for his gifts that he has brought <clears throat> into this house and into this body. And the reason that he gave those gifts, it says, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? So we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfected man. That means to maturity. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we shall no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In other words, we are not easily manipulated. We are founded in the truth because of the gifts that God has brought into this house to help you be established so you are secure. You've grown. You're mature. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ, 
from whom the whole body, joined and knit together, listen, I want you to catch this, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. I'm a joint. You're a joint. We're all a joint. By what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. This causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Listen, you and I make this a great church. It's not one person standing on a platform preaching the Word that causes this to be a great church. It's every one of us as a joint bringing our supply and the effect of working by which every part does its share. This is what causes the growth of the body as we edify each other in the love of God. In the Amplified Verse, amplified Classic, verse 16. For because of him the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need, which comes from above, is working properly in all its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. And that brings us to where you and I can operate in Matthew 5, 16. Amplified uh, Classic says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence, your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Seeing and knowing what God sees and what He is doing. Again, if you missed last Sunday, you need to go back back online, and listen to Pastor Josel's message. What a great word. In every generation, every generation, God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has power. He has passion. And all of that gets connected to a people. And you and I need to be the ones that would say, here am I, Lord. Use me. Our availability, empowered with His ability, it brings our seemingly insignificance, as Pastor Josel preached last week when Jesus wanted to feed the multitude. And the, he told the disciples to feed them, and they, they didn't know what to do. And he goes, go see what you have. And they come back with a little boy's lunch, <laughs> five loaves and two fish. What is this among so many? It seems ridiculous. And sometimes you and I might feel insignificant, and what we have might seem insignificant, but when you take what you have, your own life, your own giving, your own prayer time, your time, your talent, or your treasure, and you put it in His hand, and He takes it, and He looks up to heaven, and He blesses it, that insignificance has now been touched by heaven, and it changes. Oh, what God can do with little when it becomes available to Him. I want to encourage you. Never limit what God can do with what seems ridiculous because He'll take the ridiculous and do the marvelous. So I want you and I to step into all that He has for our lives, especially in this time when our world needs a people who walk and live with purpose, that have a faith and trust in the middle of uncertainties, believing in healing and health when sickness is trying to bring so much fear. And again, trusting God financially in economic challenging times. In this time when we cannot all meet here at the building, and I'm 
Thank God for the ability of Facebook and internet and we can do this. Thank God for that. But God is still building His church. We may not be able to grow in services, but we can still build the church. Meeting house to house. Listen. Listen carefully to me. These are not the days of complacency and casualness. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling together of the saints, and all the more as you see the day approaching. As we come closer and closer into the return of the Lord, there's going to be many challenging things that come our way. That's why we need to be connected to a body of believers, and we need to have people we can agree in prayer and faith with, and we do life together with. So these are not the days of complacency and casualness. These are the days of conviction, of commitment and courage and compassion. Acts 2.46 in the Amplified says, And day after day they regularly assembled in the temple with a united purpose and in their homes, in their homes. You can meet together in your homes. You can get on Zoom. You can get on Facebook. Every one of you needs to be in a life group in your home, building relationships with people. We are not going to get isolated and allow this to separate us. We will grow stronger through all of this. It says they broke bread, including the Lord's Supper, taking the cup, taking a piece of bread, and acknowledging because of his broken body I am healed and whole. Because of his blood I am washed and forgiven, and I am the redeemed of the Lord, and heaven is my home. My name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. You can do that right there at your dinner table. As you're eating your lunch, you can also celebrate what you have and who you are because of the cross and the resurrection. They partook of their food of gladness and simplicity and a generous hearts. Constantly praising God and being in favor and in goodwill with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved from spiritual death. I am believing that people's lives are going to be touched as you continue to reach out to them. Again, I want to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, and I'm going to read this in the Amplified Classic. Who then is Apollos? What is Paul? Ministering servants, not heads of parties, through whom you believe, even as the Lord appointed to each his task. I planted, Apollos watered, but God all the while was making it grow, and he gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but only God who makes it grow and become greater. He who plants and he who waters are equal, one in aim, one of the same importance and esteem. Yet each one shall receive his own reward and wages according to his own labor. For we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together with you and for God. You are God's garden and vineyard. What a beautiful garden and vineyard you are, people of new life. You are a field under cultivation, and you are God's building. According to the grace, the special endowment for my task of God bestowed upon me, like a skillful architect and master builder, I laid the foundation. And now another man is building upon it. But let each man be careful how he builds upon it. 
For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Listen, we have planted. Sister Shadi and I, we have planted. We've laid a foundation. And now this generation is to water it. We are one with this coming generation, one in heart, spirit, faith, love, vision, and purpose. We are surrounded by the most beautiful, passionate, courageous, just incredible younger generation. Men and women filled with the word and spirit, men and women of heart, character, wisdom, and compassion, totally committed to this house and to you, every single one of you and your families and those that aren't even a part of this body yet, but to you as a body of believers. And that's why it's very, very important. I want you to join us next week as we will be installing Pastor Josel and Mylene as lead pastors here in Alabang. This is a service you do not want to miss. Now, let me be clear. Don't start any rumors. Shadi and I continue to function as senior pastors and founders of New Life. We are not retiring. We are not dying. We are not moving. We are not leaving. We will function as one, side by side, loving and supporting Pastor Josel and Mylene and this incredible staff, these wonderful, godly, courageous, on-fire young men and women that God has added in this house that are here to serve heaven and to serve your lives, to build your families, to impart the will of God to you and to help take you into the future and to the beautiful purpose that God has for this house. Ever increasing and ever expanding. This will allow me, us as a church, but also me to minister to the ever-increasing churches around the Philippines and even other nations, Malaysia, Nepal, Myanmar, Vietnam, India, Nagaland, United Kingdom, Canada, and even other nations that are waiting on us, and who knows by the end of the year next year what other nations will be added to this. These are days of revival. These are days of outpouring. There's a reason and a purpose God starts churches. And he has a plan and a purpose of what he desires to accomplish to touch in touching each nation. You and I together, from generation to generation, every one of us doing our part, we will see the plan of God fulfilled. So I want to speak to each generation to step up. Come on. Let's touch our generations. Our willingness and our obedience bringing heaven into the earth. What we are doing now will have an effect on eternity for countless of people's lives. Together, each of us serving the will of God in our generation and seeing the glory of the Lord touch the earth. So we cry out for revival. We cry out for increase. We, we cry out for a fresh outpouring of God's Spirit, of His power, and of His love 
to fill this house and to flow out of this house like a mighty river beyond what can be contained, that what God does in this house is far greater than any four walls, that what God is doing in your life, that you would experience an overflow like you never have before. I am incredibly grateful for the generation of my generation, those that were before me, but those of you that have been walking and living and sharing with us for many, many years. We're not done. We have so much more to do. But it is time for this generation that is behind us. Listen, they're not pushing us aside. We are stepping into a new place. They are stepping into a new place. And together we are going to watch the glory of God be poured out in greater measure in this house, in your house, and in this nation like we've never seen before. New Life family, listen to me. Our best days are unfolding before us. This virus, the limitations that we face, the challenges that we're going through right now. Listen, we have a word from heaven. Jesus says, these things I've spoken unto you, that in me you have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation, you'll have challenges, you'll have things that you'll, you'll have disappointments, you'll have frustrations, you'll have things that come against you, but, because I've already overcome all that. This virus has already been overcome by, by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of the cross, by the resurrection power of Jesus. And the outpouring of God's Spirit upon His house and His church and His people and what we cry out for. I love this house. I love this church. This is my home. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here for many years to come. I want to see God do more in the future than what I've seen Him do in the past. I want to see the glory of God that we're stepping into in the future overshadow anything that I've seen. I want to see the next 10 years be far greater than the last 40. So how wonderful is that going to be? And I want you with us but I'm calling to a generation. I'm speaking to you in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, and your 50s. Come on, step into what God has for you. Step up to what God has for you. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be wonderful. Be with us next week as we celebrate this generation stepping into what God has for them. And Shadi and I are going to continue to walk out what God has for us together in your lives, together in this house, but celebrating what God is doing in this next generation because I believe we're going to experience an outpouring and we're going to see revival like never before. God bless you, New Life. I love you with all of my heart. For those of you that are watching today, it's my prayer that if you've never accepted Jesus into your life. Listen, He's a gift. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that He gave. He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Most of you remember your birthday. You should remember the day that you accepted the gift. That's all you can do with a gift is you either receive it or reject it. Jesus came to give you life. When He died on the cross and shed His blood, it was to wash away all your sin, remove your guilt, shame, and condemnation. We can't fix ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We can't really heal ourselves and make ourselves whole. He is the one who heals and fixes and restores and renews because He's the one who redeemed us. He purchased us with His own blood on the cross. That's why He came.
He came and took your guilt, your sin, your shame, took your place. And He brings and gives us an innocence and a rightness before God called righteousness, the ability to come into the family. He came to redeem us, to purchase, to buy us back. I'd like to lead you in a prayer. If you've never made a decision to receive the gift of God, it's not anything you deserve, can earn, or work for. It's a gift. You say, well, I'm not worthy. You're right. None of us are. It's not based on our worth. It's not based on our works. It's based on His grace and His mercy and you trusting in that and believing and receiving. If you've never prayed a prayer before, it's real simple. Just follow me in this. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus, your Son, given for me. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Through the shedding of your blood, you paid the price for my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for receiving me, forgiving me, removing guilt and shame and condemnation. I believe that you're risen from the dead. So you have broken the power of sin and death in my life. I thank you. I'm born again. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I'm received, accepted, and loved. From this day forward, I will walk with you and serve you with my whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're a new believer. You belong to the family of God. Only one way into the family, and that's through a new birth, which is what that prayer does. You are brought out of darkness and into light, out of death and into life. Welcome to the family. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.